trajo su Biblia va a Salmo 113 Salmo 113 We'll just read the whole psalm because it's so good. And then we're going to focus on the last three verses. Vamos a leer todo el salmo, pero vamos a enfocarnos las últimas tres versos. We have been discussing the camel train of God's provision. Hemos estado hablando de la provisión de Dios. And tonight is our last night on this topic. Esta noche es nuestra última noche en este tema. Uh, it's been a good study. I hope that you have received it. How many of you have received the word the last several month, weeks? Have you learned something? Let me ask you a better question. Have you applied something? Yeah. The sermon isn't done till you live it. Hemos estado hablando de la provisión de Dios y cuántos han recibido algo este, de esta enseñanza. Lo más importante es que haya aplicado algo de esta enseñanza. Y esta noche vamos a leer este salmo. We'll read this psalm and then uh, I want to share what the Lord has for us. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is enthroned on high? Who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. He makes them sit with princes, with the princes of his people, and he makes the barren woman abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence tonight, that powerful visitation of the Spirit, which our hearts so much need. I ask that in the next few minutes, you would speak to us as a church, as a corporate body. You would reaffirm what it is you have called us to do. And in our hearts, we might adopt your mission as our own. We pray in Jesus' name, the church said amen. Amen. We've been talking about God's provision. And we have spoken in, uh, in great detail about the conditions that go with receiving the provision of God. And the reality is that we have dealt with only half of the subject. I will deal with the, the other half in another time. But the camel train of God's provision not only deals with financial provision, but it also deals with the provision of the power of the Spirit to accomplish the will of God. Este, esta provisión de Dios que vimos en Génesis 24 no solamente se trata de una bendición o una provisión financiera, pero también se relata a lo que Dios ha provisto por medio del Espíritu Santo y los dones que hay en la iglesia. And I want to say to you that everything that God will do in the world, He will do through the church. 
Todo lo que Dios hace en el mundo lo hace a través de la iglesia. Is the church in here tonight? All right. So guess what? And everything God's going to do in the world, he's going to do through you. Si la iglesia está aquí esta noche, aquí estamos congregados, entonces lo que Dios va a hacer en el mundo lo va a hacer a través de nosotros. If he's going to deliver the captive, he'll do it through the church. If he's going to heal the sick, he's doing it through the church. If he's going to bring the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he's going to do it through the church. You can't go to the courthouse and, and get a baptism in the Holy Spirit, right? You have to come to God. You have to come to the, to the house of God, to the people of God. And I want to share that with you because sometimes we live uh, with the... With, with a lower estimation of our role in God's purpose than is right. A veces vivemos con un propósito o un sentir de nuestro propósito que es más bajo que lo que Dios tiene para nosotros. And I shared this with you at the serve class last week, but the, out of the 40 miracles in the book of Acts, one of them happened at church. 39 of them happened at somebody's house on the streets, on a boat, in all different settings, wherever there were people who were willing to step out in faith and obedience in God, God would manifest his power. God would manifest his glory. De los milagros, 40, más o menos 40 milagros en el, en el libro de los hechos, 39 de ellos ocurrieron fuera de la iglesia, o lo que llamaríamos el templo. Uno de ellos ocurrió en el templo. La gran mayoría de los milagros ocurrió en la calle, en las casas, en el mercado, en un lugar público. Ocurrió en lugares privados, ocurrió entre muchos, entre pocos. Pero siempre Dios se manifestaba cuando el pueblo de Dios estaba obrando en fe. God always shows up when his people will, will work in faith. They will operate in faith. Now, if I could just give you a little history here. The, uh, if you study the history of the church, the church was born on the day of Pentecost. About 500 years later, Constantine, the emperor of Rome, took over the church. Unos 500 años después de que la iglesia naciera en el día del Pentecostés, el, el emperador de Roma, Constantino, se dominó de la iglesia. And, the, and Rome and the church became... One, Roma y la iglesia se hicieron una, and we have today what we know as the Roman Catholic Church. Y hoy tenemos lo que se llama la iglesia católica romana. How many of you know that when, when the uh, politicians take over the church, the church is in trouble? Yeah. Cuando los políticos se encargan de la iglesia, la iglesia se... Está en muchos problemas. Constantine, the emperor of Rome, took over the church. And as a result, the church began to lose its spiritual authority. Por el resultado de esto, la iglesia comienza a perder su autoridad espiritual. Because it became now about politics. It became about rules that would govern people. And it got to be so bad that there was a day in Rome when if you were not a Christian, they would, they would kill you. They would execute you. How many of you know that's not quite right either? Llegó hasta que si no eras cristiano, Roma te ponía muerte. 
It used to be if you were a Christian, Rome would kill you, but then it became if you weren't a Christian, Rome would kill you. And we're certainly going to stand on the fact that God doesn't require anybody to serve him by force. Dios no requiere a nadie que le sirva a la fuerza. You are here tonight by your own good will, right? Usted está aquí esta noche por su propia voluntad. Nadie lo forzó a venir. God didn't, didn't uh, uh, bring you in, force you in. The, the government didn't force you in. You're here by your own good will. That's how God requires it of us, that we love him of our own heart. Dios quiere que le amemos de nuestra propia voluntad, de nuestra propia fuerza. But here's what happened. Rome took over the church. And now Rome began to say, if you want to be ministered to, you have to come to the temple. You have to come to the church building. Y Roma comenzó a enseñar, si quieres ministerio, ven a la iglesia. Tienes que venir a la casa de Dios. Tienes que venir a la iglesia. And slowly the, the body of Christ began to, to be losing its connection with God. It began to lose its it's a spiritual authority and until the only people that knew how to pray were the were the clergy and the only ones who knew how to serve the Lord's Supper were the clergy and the only ones who knew how to deliver were the clergy and the church became an institution where everybody would come and watch one person do their job and manifest their gift and that's not the way God set it up. He's designed the church so that every one of us who's in here would be able to pray and share the gospel and deliver captives and bring hope to the lost and that wherever we go, we'd be able to manifest the glory of God. That's God's intention for your life. La intención de Dios para nuestra vida no es que todo ocurra aquí en este edificio, sino que usted y yo llevemos con el poder del Espíritu la palabra de Dios a todas partes de la tierra. Que usted y yo en el mercado, en la casa, en el trabajo, en, en el camino, donde quiera que se abra una oportunidad, podemos llevar ese precioso, esa preciosa manifestación de la gloria Dios. You guys are, are kind of quiet tonight, like, like you don't really want to accept that. But that's the truth. Tell your neighbor, God called me for more. And not only did he call you for more, but he has equipped you for more. No solamente te llamó a más, pero te ha equipado para que hagas algo mayor, algo grande para él. And so what we are doing in this church is, is doing everything we can to train you, to build you up so that you can become a strong, growing, mature Christian and you can go out and do the works of God everywhere you go. Nuestro propósito es de edificarte para que seas un cristiano maduro y salio de aquí y puedas ir y ministrar a alguien y, y manifestar la gloria de Dios. All right, so that's God's purpose for us. Es el propósito de Dios para Él. He's given us a specific job. Él nos ha dado un trabajo específico as a church. And uh, about a year ago as I was praying, he said to me, Isaac Kingsway Church will be a church that will raise the poor out of spiritual, physical, emotional, and financial poverty. El Señor cuando me habló sobre el nombre de la iglesia me dijo, Isaac, 
esta iglesia sacará al pobre de la pobreza espiritual, física, emocional y financiera. So I want you to say this with me, all right? And then I want you to try to remember this. Say, we have been called as a church to raise the poor out of spiritual, emotional, physical, and financial poverty. That's our call. Nuestro llamado como iglesia es sacar al pobre de la pobreza espiritual, financiera, emocional y física. Is there any part of your life where those four things don't cover it? Spiritual, physical, emotional, financial. Just about covers everything. Now here's the thing. Why, is, why are we going through this course or this class on the camel train of God's provision? Because if God has called us to raise the poor out of spiritual, physical, emotional, and financial poverty, then we have to get out of spiritual, physical, emotional, and financial poverty. Si Dios nos ha llamado a sacar el pobre de la, de la pobreza espiritual, emocional, física y financiera, entonces nosotros primero tenemos que salir de la pobreza espiritual, financiera, física y emocional. How many of you have been getting out? You see, everything the devil touches becomes poor. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, the devil will bring ruin. That's his, that's his goal. He's, the word says that he came to steal, kill, and destroy. Lo que el diablo toca se pudre. Emocionalmente, físicamente, espiritualmente, financieramente, él trae ruina. Es su deber, es su trabajo. And so God has called us as a church to be prosperous. To be a success so that we can help others rise up out of that condition. How many of you were spiritually poor one day? You didn't have a savior. It doesn't get poorer than that. How many of you have become spiritually rich? Are you prospering in your spirit? The Apostle John said, my beloved, I wish above all things that you would Prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So, are we prospering spiritually? Oh, yes, we are. I can see it. I see it when I see you growing spiritually, maturing. You don't pray the way you used to, you don't think the way you used to, you're growing. And if you've stopped growing, you need to get back in the word. Yo lo veo que están creciendo, pero si para de crecer, hay que meterse a la palabra. Dios nos ha prosperado espiritualmente. Dijo el profeta, el, el apóstol Juan, mis hermanos, yo deseo que en todas las cosas sean prosperados y estén en buena salud, así como su alma prospera. So tell your neighbor, it's God's will for me to prosper. Now, some of you said that like, I don't know. 
my granddaddy never prospered and my daddy never prospered, so I don't know. Maybe I just, I just got the wrong deck of cards. Dígale a su vecino en la voluntad de Dios que yo prospere. Ahora, algunos dicen, no, yo no voy a tener éxito porque mi abuelo nunca tuvo éxito y mi padre nunca tuvo éxito y parece que a mí me tocó lo mismo. But didn't I tell you last week that our lives are the direct result of the choices we've made? Your marriage is the direct result of a choice, right? Don't look at your spouse right now. This is not an altar call. I'm just saying. The place you work is a result of a choice. The church you attend is a result of a choice. The life you live is a result of who you've decided to believe. If you live with joy, peace, you have confidence, you have faith, you don't fear when, when drought comes, I can guarantee you, you've decided to believe God. You've made a choice. If you're living in fear, anxiety, worry, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, I'm going to... I'm going to lose everything. I can tell you that's the result of a choice. Si usted vive en paz, con gozo, no teme el futuro, usted, yo le puedo garantizar que hizo una decisión de confiarle a Dios, de creerle a Dios. Si usted tiene ansiedad, temor, a que quién sabe qué irá a pasar mañana, usted le está oyendo una voz, ha, es, ha decidido escuchar otra voz, no la voz de Dios. Y nuestra vida es el resultado de las decisiones que hemos hecho. Así que el hecho de que su abuelo no tuvo éxito y su padre tampoco, quizá ellos no hicieron las decisiones correctas. So if your granddaddy had no success and your daddy had no success, maybe they didn't make good choices. But guess what? God has given you a fresh start, a clean slate. Dios te ha dado un comienzo nuevo, un plato limpio. And you say, when did that start? It started right now. ¿Cuándo comenzó eso? ¿Cuándo me dio el plato limpio? Ahorita te lo está dando. Does not the word say, choose you this day whom you will serve? Dijo el, el, el profeta Josué, escoge este día a quién servirás. And in the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord said, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Dice el libro de Deuteronomio, yo he puesto delante de ti la vida y la muerte. La bendición o la maldición, escoge la vida. I want to congratulate you because tonight you chose life. I said, tonight you chose life. You made a choice. I'm going to get to God's house. I'm going to be in God's presence. I'm going to hear God's word. And you have to make a choice that you're going to believe the word. God wants me to prosper. God wants me to be in good health. God wants me to be prosperous in my emotions. He doesn't want me depending on everybody else for my happiness. He doesn't want me depending on everybody else for my joy, for a smile on my face. 
Dios quiere que nosotros prosperemos en nuestras emociones, en nuestro espíritu, que no tengamos que depender de alguien más para tener una sonrisa sobre nuestro rostro. That's a choice you're going to make. Esa es una decisión que usted está haciendo. So in order to do what the church has been called to do, we have to experience these things in our life. Para que la iglesia pueda hacer lo que Dios la llamó a hacer, tenemos que poner en obra estas cosas en nuestra vida. And it's going to operate in every one of those areas. It's going to operate on one principle. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. The principle is the principle of first. El principio es el principio de lo primero. If you want to have prosperity in every one of these areas, there's a principle called the principle of first. And the principle is basically this, God must go first. El, el principio para que usted y yo caminemos en prosperidad emocional, espiritual, física y financiera, funciona en esto. El principio es el principio de lo primero. Dios tiene que ser primero. Say this with me. God must be first. Let's, let's add a little bit to that. In order to prosper, God must be first. Para prosperar, Dios tiene que ser primero. Go to, go to Exodus chapter 20. Éxodo capítulo 20. Exodus 20, verse, we'll read uh, 1 through 3. Éxodo 20, 1 al 3. Say it again. God must be first. Now, if you don't want to prosper, don't worry about this principle. If you want to have your emotions wrecked and your relationships wrecked and your finances wrecked, don't worry about this principle. But if you want to have prosperity in your emotions and prosperity in your body and prosperity in your spirit and prosperity in your finances, you're going to have to honor this principle. Ready? Then God spoke these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. It's Exodus 20 verse 3. No tendrás otro Dios delante de mí. You realize that's the first commandment of the ten? Ese es el primer mandamiento de los diez. God must be first. Dios tiene que ser primero. 
This is an inflexible principle. Este es un principio inflexible. God has not changed his mind about this and he won't. Dios no ha cambiado su mente sobre esto y no la va a cambiar. America was a very prosperous country. And in some ways it still is. But it's losing its edge. And the decline in America began around the same time that we took the Ten Commandments out of our courthouses and out of our schools. Around the same time that we decided that God did not need to be first, the decline began. La nación de Estados Unidos prosperó por muchas décadas, pero llegó un día cuando quitamos los diez mandamientos de la corte y de la escuela. Y gobernalmente dijimos, ya no vamos a poner a Dios primero. Y comenzó a decaer el país. The country is on its way down. I don't know if you know this, but you're on a sinking ship. Estamos en un barco que se está hundiendo because we thought we were smarter than God. Pensamos como nación, somos más sabios que Dios. And let me tell you, friend, around the same time that you put somebody else in front of God, your life will start on that same charting, charting that same course. Al mismo tiempo, si usted ponga otra cosa, otra persona, antes de Dios en su vida, su vida va a decaer así. I was, I was meeting with a, with a family, and uh, the lady was saying, you know, my life has been falling apart for the last six months. I was going to church. I was reading my Bible. I was praying. I was growing. And then it just started to fall apart. So I said, how long was that? Six months ago. Right? How long have you been with this guy? About six months. And when you got with this guy, you stopped going to church? Yeah. You stopped reading your Bible? Yeah. You stopped living for God? Yeah. I just don't get it. Let's do the math. Six, six months ago, your life started falling apart. Six months ago, you put somebody else first. Now, some of you can tell a different story. Your life started going like this. Tick, 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 tick. Like that roller coaster. And you can go back to the moment where your life started going up. You started receiving God's blessing in your life. And your marriage got healed. And your, your, your children got saved. And your finances started doing better. And you go back to that spot. When was it? It was the day you decided to put God first. See, this is so basic. It's complex, isn't it? Es tan básico que, que lo hacemos complicado. Uh, o, o si usted estudia el día cuando su vida comenzó a mejorar, usted va a ver que fue el día que usted decidió poner a Dios primero. Su matrimonio empeoró, uh, no, ya no empeoró. Sus hijos comenzaron a, a ser salvos. La familia, las finanzas comenzaron a avanzar. ¿Por qué? Porque usted puso en obra este principio de que con Dios, Él tiene que ser primero. So let's go through this spiritual, spiritual prosperity. In order to be 
save, you must recognize that God goes first. There's no one that can save you but Christ. We talked about that some last week. Emotional prosperity. If you're going to have peace in your emotions, if you're going to have joy in your emotions, if you're going to have the ability to sleep at night, how many of you sleep at night? It's good, isn't it? ¿Cuántos duermen en la noche? Es bueno, ¿no? I'm not going to ask you how many of you don't sleep at night. If you're going to have prosperity in your emotions, God has to be first. Because if there's a man in your life that's above God, or a woman in your life that's above God, or if your children are above God, all of that is a, a recipe for emotional havoc in your life. Why? Because there's no man in the world that can make you happy. And there's no woman in the world that can make you happy. What? Am I right or not? If you marry that guy to make you happy, you're in some trouble, aren't you? Before, if you're going to get married, marry someone who's already happy in Jesus. And you had already be happy in Jesus. Because if you take two people who are unhappy and, and they think we're going to make each other happy, guess what? God won't bless that. Because he, he wants you to find your happiness in him. Tell your neighbor, I'm happy in Jesus. Now, that person can, can bring happiness into your life. But they can't make you happy. Quizá tu esposo o tu esposa trae felicidad a tu vida, pero no te puede hacer feliz. No hay persona en el mundo que te pueda hacer feliz. Solo Dios, decía un himno que cantábamos, solo Dios hace al hombre feliz. Dan, dan ganas de cantar. La vida es nada, todo se acaba. Solo Dios hace al hombre feliz. Si Dios está en el lugar primero en sus emociones, usted va a tener felicidad. No importa si hubo un desacuerdo, no importa si hubo una mala noticia, aunque lo haga temblar esa, esa cosa, usted va a tener su corazón centrado en Dios. If, if God is first in your heart, as your emotions are going to respond to that. And you might get some bad news and somebody might disappoint you and let you down. But you know what? You have peace with God because you know that person could never have made me happy. That job could never have made me happy. That promotion, that raise could never have made me happy. There's a story of the 1935 Olympics. A man who ran uh, for England, he ran and he won a gold medal. And then they went and found him in the locker room crying. And sorrow. Un, se relata la historia de un hombre que uh, fu, corrió en las Olimpiadas del 1935 y ganó la, la medalla de oro y luego se lo hallaron llorando. Después they asked him, What happened? You just won the gold medal. He said, The moment I won, I realized I was still not happy. 
He said, my whole life I ran thinking that when I won that medal, then I would be happy. And the moment I won it, I realized I was still not happy. Dijo, toda mi vida yo corrí para esa medalla, pero el momento que la recibí me di cuenta que no era feliz. Solo Dios hace al hombre feliz. Only God can do that. So if you're in emotional poverty, you have to put God first. Because he won't leave you there. I don't know anybody that has put God first in their heart who's still grumpy, bitter, broken, disgusted, trying to suicidal. No. The fruit of the Spirit is joy, love, peace. It is the, the onward, upward, glory from ever to glory kind of life. I wish there were some witnesses in here. Yo no he visto a alguien que se quiere matar, que está al fin de la vida, que está desesperado, está quebrantado, emocional, que ha tenido a Dios primero. Es la persona que no pone a Dios primero que tiene esas cosas. Physical prosperity. La prosperidad física. This is the one we all are avoiding. But God has been calling us to physical prosperity. What does that mean? That means prosperity in my health. Prosperidad en mi, en mi cuerpo físico. Now, if we're going to prosper physically, God has to be first. Si vamos a prosperar físicamente, Dios tiene que ser primero. Because he's the one that gives you your strength. He's the one that gives you health. He also gives us wisdom. And I'll just say this, if we use more wisdom, we wouldn't need as many doctors. Es Dios el que nos da sabiduría para cuidar nuestro cuerpo físico y y si usáramos esa sabiduría, no necesitaríamos tanta medicina. I'm getting serious, Kingsway. God's about to put this church on a diet. There is a weight of glory in this house. Ya estoy en serio que Dios nos está, nos va a poner en una dieta. He's just pushing, nudging. How many of you would be all right with that? If God said, I want this whole church to get in good health. Because we need to live longer so we can do more for the glory of God. So just get ready. The ladies already started. They, they have a, they have a, Small group that's meeting. That's excellent. All right, one more. Financial prosperity. La prosperidad financiera. We're going to talk more about health later, but uh, let's go to financial prosperity. God has to be first in your spirit. He has to be first in your emotions. He has to be first in your health. He has to be first in your finances. 
If you're a tither, say amen. 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 Do you know, I'm not going to divulge any information, but statistically, when I do counseling, I would say 98% of all the counseling I do is with non-tithers. That ought to tell you everything. Yo diría que en la consejería que yo hago aquí en la iglesia, 98% de ella es con personas que no diezman. If you're going to prosper financially, you have to put God first. Si vas a prosperar financieramente, tienes que poner a Dios primero. Let's look at uh, some scripture here just in the next couple of minutes. Vamos a ver unos principios aquí. Go to Exodus. We're still in Exodus 23. Exodus 23, 19. Exodus 23, Exodus 23. 19. What does it say? It says, you shall bring the choice first fruits. Which kind of fruits? First fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord your God. God says... For financial prosperity, you have to put me first. Bring me my portion first. Then we read in Proverbs, just jot this down. Uh, escriba este, Proverbs 39.10, Proverbios 3, 9 y 10. Honra a Jehová con tus bienes y con la primicia. Ahí dice, honra a Jehová con tus bienes. Y con la primicia, con lo que viene primero. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. Now, Exodus 13. Let's go there together. Exodus 13. Exodus 13, 1 y 2. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Sanctify to me every firstborn, the first offspring of every womb among the sons of Israel, both man and beast, it belongs to me. Who does it belong to? What belongs to him? The first thing, the first fruits. Dice Exodus 13, Sanctifica a mí, dice el Señor, las primicias, Lo primero de que ha abierto el, abierto el vientre es de los hijos de Israel, de hombre y de bestia, me pertenecen a mí. Now, most of you who are tithers, you already know this. I'm going to say it just so you'll reiterate it. Some of you don't know this, and today God is challenging you to put him first in your finances. God says the first 10% of everything that you that comes into your hands belongs to me. Dios dice que el primer 10% de todo lo que viene a tus manos le pertenece a él. What if he had said it all belongs to me? 
Because that would be true too. Dios pudiera haber dicho, todo me pertenece a mí. Y esa es la verdad, todo le pertenece a Él. Pero Él dijo, la décima parte, la primer décima parte de todo lo que venga a tus manos me pertenece a mí. The first tenth of everything that comes into your hands belongs to me. When you honor God by bringing Him your tithe, which is His, you are breaking the back of spiritual poverty and emotional poverty and physical poverty and financial poverty in your life. Let the tither say amen. amen. Right. Cuando usted da la primer parte a Dios de su diezmo, usted está quebrando la, la espalda de la pobreza financiera en su vida. How do I know this? Because I have been tithing since I was a little boy. He estado diezmando desde que yo era niño. Our parents taught us to tithe out of everything. I remember 10 cent tithe. Quarter tithes. Big money. Yo recuerdo como niño diezmar 10 centavos. 25 centavos. Then I remember my first $100 tithe. Mm, big money. Y recuerdo mi primer diezmo de $100. I remember my first $1,000 tithe. If you've never tithed $1,000 in a single offering, I want you to make that your goal. I, I, you didn't hear me. You're like, oh, Pastor, I don't want to. Well, imagine if you tithe, if you tithe a thousand dollars, how much did you receive? Ten thousand. Somebody ought to get some faith in here. I'm waiting for my first ten thousand dollar tithe, and I might do a cartwheel on the way to the offering. You know, if I hadn't started tithing on a dollar, I wouldn't be able to tithe on 10,000. Because we have this thing in our mind, when I get 10,000, then I'll tithe. No, you don't tithe where we are now, you'll never tithe. Si yo no hubiera crecido dando ese diezmo, yo recuerdo cuando di el primer diezmo de mil dólares en un solo sobre, mil dólares. Ya es mucho dinero, pero si no hubiera como niño aprendido a dar un diezmo de un dólar, nunca hubiera aprendido a dar el diezmo de diez, de diez mil. Alguien diga amén en la casa de Dios. Y a veces pensamos, cuando yo llegue a ese nivel, entonces voy a diezmar. Si no diezma ahora, nunca va a llegar a ese nivel. Porque Dios tiene que ser primero God wants to be first so this is how I do it I make sure that before a single dime is spent out of my monthly salary the first 
expense that's made on every paycheck is what goes to God. Why? Because I'm making that a principle in my mind. God goes first. Yo aseguro que de cuando, cuando yo recibo mi, mi salario, que lo primero que sale es lo que le pertenece a Dios. What happens if you leave the tithe to the end? ¿Qué pasa si usted deja el diezmo para el fin? Nunca, les, nunca le alcanza para pagarlo. Never, you never get there, can you? You have to put God first. You say, well, God just wants my money. So does pastor. I know some of you. That's what you're thinking. But I'm a tither too. And I don't tithe to this church. I tithe to my overseer, which is our denomination. If you go to convention, you open the books, and you will find my name and my tithe. All right, so I'm not telling you something that I don't know what I'm talking about. I know that God blesses the tither because I'm a tither. Si usted va y busca, yo no pago mi diezmo a esta iglesia, yo pago mi diezmo a la, a la cobertura de esta iglesia, que es el deber del pastor. Entonces, si usted va a nuestra convención, en nuestro reporte usted va a ver mi nombre y va a ver el diezmo mío, porque yo sé de lo que estoy hablando, que Dios bendice al diezmador. Now, let me just let you on a little secret. There's about 250, uh, there's about 900 ministers in our denomination. About 180 of them tithe. De 900 ministros en la organización, unos 180 diezma. Okay. Guess what? The same statistic is true at church. La misma estadística es cierta en la iglesia. Ahora usted está diciendo, el pastor quiere mi diezmo. <laughs> Dijo Pablo, yo no pido esta ofrenda para mi bendición, sino para la bendición que vendrá a ti por medio de ella. The Apostle Paul said, I'm not talking about this because I want a blessing for myself. I'm talking about this because of the blessing that will come to you. Would you, would you ever leave a restaurant without paying? No. Come on, say no, right? <laughs> God forbid. God wants to be first. There are, there are probably 80% of the American church come into church and eat and never contribute to the house of God that's feeding them. Now, I think at, at Kingsway, I think this is good news. 
at Kingsley, our percentage of tithers is better than the national average. Come on. But guess why? I'll tell you why. Because we are a tithing church and you have a tithing pastor. Don't ever get under a tithing a pastor who doesn't tithe. That's dangerous. I'm calling out my colleagues. Right? I wouldn't let a man pastor me who didn't tithe. Because I want to know, if the blessing flows from the head to the body, then I want to know that there's a blessing on his head. That's going to get down to my body. Is this too raw? I'm feeling like it's too raw. Tell your neighbor, God must be first. Someone said, Pastor, if I have never tithed, then I need to kind of ease into it. (laughs) Can I give 5%? I can't tell you that because God didn't say that. You do what you're going to do. But God said the first tenth is mine. And here's what he said. When you give me the first tenth, then I'm going to bless the ninety. To go further than the hundred would have gone. Anyway. How many of you have seen that happen? God is so good. El Señor nos dice, si tú, si tú traes el diezmo, yo voy a bendecir el 90% que queda para que te sobre como si tuvieras aún más que los del 100%. Now, I'm out of time.